With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we welcome you back in the Todd Brownell Camp Show with Alex Kuhn with you on Eastern Iowa's home for ESPN Radio, 1600 AM KGYM. 106.3 106.3 FM in Iowa City, 107.5 FM in Cedar Rapids. Online at kgymradio.com. Fridays presented by Two Rivers Bank and Trust. But inside the 6 o'clock hour, we like to refer to it as the big hour in football season. Steve Anderson of Hawkeye Title and Settlement bringing you Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com. And we usually like to have a special guest with us on Fridays during football season. And I think we've got the most special guest of all here at Fry Fest today. Warren Holloway, number 86 himself. Uh, how many autographs have you signed today, Warren? Uh, well, honestly, I lost count, <laughs> uh, but at every last one of them were fun. What uh, What was your reaction when they reached out to you and said they were going to get the 2004 team together and you guys were going to be the honorees this year at Fry Fest? Yeah, uh, humbled, humbled, honestly. Uh, I was great to come back and see all the guys uh and be a part of fry, fry fest i haven't been to a fry fest in years and it's, it's it's quite the experience what is it like to be a part of a moment like that where you're it, it lives on it's it's one of those that you just always see when you're talking about the iowa football program it's absolutely surreal you know um uh, coming in like as some people know that's the only touchdown i scored and so it's so surreal to be, um, you know, edge into Iowa history uh, in that particular time. So I'm, I'm very grateful. You come out to a place like this and people know who you are. It's Warren Holloway. Do you get that, though? I mean, you live in Chicago, a lot of Iowa fans there. Do you run into fans like? You know, um, obviously not like Iowa. Usually I'll meet somebody and they'll get to know me. And then eventually they say, you know, you know, my niece went to Iowa, my brother to Iowa. And they, and they were like, oh, Warren Holloway. Yeah, you know, so that's that's typically how it happens. And it's, it's cool. So Rob mentioned you're living in Chicago. What are you doing now? Uh, I'm, I'm a physical therapist. Yeah, I'm at a Revolution Physical Therapy and Weight Loss in Glenview, uh, managing that clinic. And um Starts a new career for me, and I'm excited, definitely excited. How much do you get to watch the Hawkeyes? You know, I've had my head in a book for the past five years, and I look forward to getting back to watching the Hawkeyes. So um, I haven't had a chance to keep up as much as I like due to the career change. So you got, you were in the business world, was that, is that right? You started out before you decided to go back to graduate school? Yeah, I was in facilities management. Um, I had some small box retailers, you know, keeping their lights on and so forth. And I decided to go into PT. That was my original undergrad major. And so the door opened up, and, uh, you know, five years later, here I am. You know, licensed physical therapist. It's been a good ride. We were talking to Chad Greenway a couple days ago, and he said that he keeps in touch with a lot of the guys, that that was a particularly close-knit team. How, how do you keep in touch with a lot of the guys? Do you have people that you talk to more often than not? or You know, I roommates and so forth. You know, a lot of my contact is through Facebook. You know, that I guess that's typical of the generation nowadays. <laughs> 
I've never been a big phone guy, but I, I, I keep up that way. I keep up with like uh, Jory Helms, Jamel Mickens, those guys. Yeah. What, what do you remember the most about that team in particular, that 2014? Oh, man, resilience, resilience. I was mentioning in the panel earlier today, typically an Iowa team, you know, ball control offense. We're going to run it down your throat, right, grind out the clock. And we just weren't that type of team. Defense was typical of Iowa, right, strong defense, but we had to throw the ball. And it was just really cool to be on a successful standout Iowa team that was not typical, atypical, if you will. So, I've talked to you before about your career at Iowa and kind of you, you waited a long time for your moment. Yeah. Talk about a little bit about earlier in your career. You said maybe you weren't as locked in as you wanted to be, but eventually you kind of got it and, and took off from there. Uh, yeah, you know, like any freshman, you know, learning the ropes, you know, and also coming into Iowa at a time where there's an upswing, you know, great talent. You know, you have your Maurice Browns, you know, your Khalil Hills, your Kevin Caspers, right, great talent. You're going to sit for a while, you know. And I was, I was telling, you know, Rob earlier, you know, when you come in, all of us from our various regions and states of the country, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the man, right? And, and, and you want to play, you know, but then you go to college and, you know, the competition's higher. You know, you have to kind of find a way to, to stand out. So it took a couple years, but I got there. Did you ever find yourself thinking maybe Iowa wasn't it for you? You could have gone someplace else, transferred, gotten out of the field, played some more? You know... It was really more of a passing thought, and I learned lessons from other guys who took that path, you know, how it worked out for them, for better or for worse. You know, the Butcher went to Illinois, and we had a couple. One guy went to Delaware, and that sort of thing. But um, Iowa was always the place I wanted to be. I couldn't think of anywhere else I wanted to go, even if I wanted to go. Uh, and Iowa was a program that's on the upswing. And at the end of the day, you know, you want to play on a winning team. For better, I mean, that's what I, I cared about winning ultimately. You know, and some guys, they want to get their stats, they want to move on, and I, and I get that. But I, I didn't just pick Iowa football. I picked Iowa as a school. I picked Iowa as a community. So I stayed. Does, is it cool now seeing all these years later where you still see plenty of those stories where, where guys are waiting their time, waiting their time, and take advantage of it when they are juniors and seniors instead of nowadays in college football where everybody wants to play as a freshman? Yeah, I mean, it's it's – easy to look on somebody else's plate and think that looks good but there's nothing wrong with honing your craft and when you get an opportunity to make the most of it so. uh, maybe you didn't think about this at the time but just kind of put in perspective you know in your mind coach Ferentz is still going I mean you left here how many years ago I don't want to count. And he's still going. You know you yeah. played with Brian. He's the offensive coordinator <laughs> yeah. now. Um, yeah. What does that say? I mean, to you or you know about this program? What it's what does that speak to that there's that type of stability? Here? You know, Coach Ferris has always been one to uh, kind of want to cultivate a winning culture. Uh, as you know, he played on an '80s staff that had a lot of good coaches. I think Coach Alvarez was there, and a number of other Stoops was on that staff. You know, and I think he's always wanted to have cultivate that type of winning and, and cultivating leadership where guys they play here they coach here and then also go off and do great things and so i think he's being intentional about that and it's nice to see guys that i play with 
be able to benefit from that and grow as, as, as coaches. I've, I found it very gratifying to see myself, I see a lot of my old teammates on the staff doing well. Yeah. Former Iowa wide receiver Warren Holloway with us for just a few more minutes. So kind enough to stop by at FryFest, that 2004 Big Ten championship team being honored here the night before the Hawkeyes kick off the season against Miami. Okay, Orlando, take us to the final play of the Capital One Bowl. What was going through uh, the huddle? Uh, things had kind of fallen apart. LSU scored a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They're leading 25-24. Gary Dolphin's famous call of that last play picks up with nine seconds. He's saying call timeout. They're not going to call timeout. They got one play. What do you remember about that? Wow. Uh, so I remember everything. Uh, so we, we had that play called. Uh, it, was, it was supposed to go to Clint on the backside, and the plan was to kick a field goal and win the game. Uh, we noticed that LSU uh, had a communication breakdown, and uh, Drew picked up on it, and we it was serendipitously right went ahead and, and ran the play really fast because the clock was running out. We weren't necessarily aware of that on the field. We thought the clock had stopped. Uh, so the safety doubled down on Chandler. And I, I broke the jam on my guy, and he played the flats. He didn't keep up with me, uh, hence the blown coverage. And when Drew threw the ball, you know, I thought he was throwing the head. It hung out over my head, so I figured one of us has to catch it, and the rest is history, man. Yeah. So, so it's all going so fast. Did you know at that time that the, that was going to be sort of the last play of the game, or were you guys kind of rushing it as all a blur? Before? Well, we, we were rushing it to catch the defense off guard. It's just something you do in practice, so we were used to doing it, you know. Um, but I was totally, I really, ex even even though the ball went to me, I was expecting the safety to tackle me, and then we'd call timeout and kick a field goal. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. This is, uh, I think, my 23rd season covering Iowa football, and I, there are few players that are bigger characters than Matt Roth. But the thing is, is that's him. Yeah. You know, he's genuine. What you see is what you get. Dude. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you remember about playing with him i mean we had the thing down in i think down in florida where he uh you know said some things but and we've we've heard other stories about him and drew getting into it and on stuff like that well, just talk about him a little bit so matt is i mean he's he's a guy you want to go to war with and to be clear you want him on your side, you want him on your side. <laughs> i mean he's he's all heart he's just complete raw nerve and you just you just you just point and shoot you know, I remember, you know, he came in as a linebacker, and the coaches put him on a D-line. It's like, look, we just want this guy to go forward. You know, we just want to do as, as little decision-making as possible and just be a reckless force. That's how they wanted to use him and, and put him on the D, and he did a great job. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt's, Matt's a good guy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very grateful to have played with such a talented player. That 2004 team, September, was 2-2. Two and two. You guys started off 2-0, and oh, then got embarrassed against Arizona State oh, yeah. and played a really good Michigan team, lost 30-17. to 17. Mm -hmm. What clicked after that? You had of the running – we haven't even mentioned the running back injuries. <laughs> I mean, that, there were yeah. so many things lined up against you guys that year, and then after September, you never lost again. Well, I, it goes back to my original statement. Uh, Iowa is typically a running team, and it took, in my opinion, those two games, especially Arizona, for us to realize that this isn't going to be a typical Iowa offense. Sure, the defense might have had some gelling to do, but the defense was pretty solid that year. So I can't, I can't comment on defense ups and downs per se. So in my eyes, they were solid all year. But offensively, 
it took uh, the coaches making some adjustments in terms of how we're going to go about getting the ball down the field. And O'Keefe ultimately had to just kind of give Drew his space to be a gunslinger because that's who he was, and that was our strength. And that's very that's a little bit uncharacteristic. Typically, like I say, we run the ball. But this year we had to throw, and it's, it's kind of un, it was uncomfortable to have to throw on third and short the whole season. But we made it happen. <laughs> For a team that goes through that kind of adversity early on, what kind of had to change? What 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 do you do after the, those two losses to kind of turn the tide there early in the season? You know, fortunately, um, our senior class, we had uh, the benefit of being around other successful teams, you know, the 0-2 team, right? Even the 0-1 team getting to our first bowl. And we knew to stay the course. That's what we had learned from previous time. And so I, I think that worked to our advantage. Even going into the bowl game, if we were if we were the first team to make it to a bowl game against LSU, maybe we would have just been happy to be there. But because this was our first fourth time around, we were all about our business. And we knew what time it was, especially against former defending national champs. So – uh, I, I think I think our maturity uh, really allowed the coaches to make the changes necessary, and we all bought in. We all bought in. We, we talked about how stout that defense was. That had to have helped you guys in practice. How much did it help you? I mean, you guys had to readjust kind of the game plan. How, how much did it help going to go up against those guys in practice every day? Well, you know, the coaches did not let us beat up on each other too much. They were really good about easing us into, into the game. Uh, that being said, um, the model was next man in, and so our scout teams respectively worked very hard to make sure that we were prepared, and um, and so they, they did a good job. We were prepared. So, Warren, you've probably seen a picture or pictures of that catch a million times. What's your favorite part about that? Some of the some of the faces, the reactions in the background are priceless. Do you have a favorite part about? that photo um absolutely the faces in the background of shock and awe but my probably my favorite picture of shock and awe was probably the the, the guy cheerleader in the back with his hands on his head <laughs> i think he's very prominent in that photo and uh he's probably my favorite reaction i don't know the, I, for me at least the the, the pic- image of nick saban walking off that field was, <laughs> was, was pretty paper shot. <laughs> yeah that, that's pretty epic so he looks pretty disgusted <laughs> and that had to be just i mean just a moment that just like you said before is surreal you, i mean your teammate that's the thing kid you dream about as a kid your teammates holding you up on the shoulders yeah you know carrying you off the field um yeah yeah it's 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 a moment that you dream about it but then having going through it it was actually better than how i imagined it i have to admit a few things are but that's one of those moments that's literally better than how i imagined it yeah. Well, Warren, we appreciate you stopping by. What else do they have you doing while you guys are back? Uh, you know what? There is, a, um, I think, a ceremony at halftime or in the beginning where the guys are going to be honored. Uh, unfortunately, I do have to get home, so I won't, I won't be in attendance. Um, but I tell, think, tell them why you got to get home. I, I have two young daughters under the age of two. And my, my poor wife allowed me to come out here and hang out with, with you guys. I, I totally get it, and Rob <laughs> totally gets it. Yeah. We completely understand. And, yeah, it was great seeing you guys up there signing autographs, and I'm sure you made a lot of Hawkeye fans' days today. So Warren Holloway, the star of the 2005 Capital One Bowl, catching Drew Tate's game-winning touchdown catch. We appreciate it, and good luck to you. Thank Moving you very forward. much. And Thank safe you. travels. Thanks for having me. That is...
is a moment that will live in Hawkeye football history. The final play of the 2005 Capital One Bowl 15 years ago. Iowa's last Big Ten championship. Hard to believe that it's been that long and hard to believe you and I are still doing this, Rob, at different outlets, but still still, still chasing that third Big Ten championship. <laughs> we thought maybe we'd get one in 2015, but didn't quite come this to it. close that close <laughs> maybe this will be the year we'll see we'll take a break we come back we'll get into that uh, we'll squeeze in a big board update and then get rob's thoughts on the upcoming season as well as the home opener tomorrow for the hawkeyes against miami university back with more of the todd rommel camp show with alex coon after this it's almost September. I know. Pumpkin spice. Everything. Sweatshirts. Football games. Capital credits. Yay, September. Wait, what? September's Lynn County RECs Capital Credit Month. Oh, wait, is that that thing where we get money credited to our bill? Yeah. Oh, I love that month. Lynn County REC is so cool. Yeah. Since they're a cooperative, when they have profits above what they need to operate, it comes back to members like us on our September bill. I wonder how much they've given back. The last I heard, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's incredible. I know. I wonder how much credit I'll get this year. Me too. Let's go get lattes, hang out by the mailbox, and wait for our September bills to come. Uh, yeah, that's not creepy at all. Okay. <laughs> when your September bill arrives from Lynn County REC, take a look and find out what your capital credit is this year. It's all based on how much electricity you use. Capital credits. Just another one of the benefits of membership at Lynn County Rural Electric Cooperative. Find out more at LynnCountyREC.com. Your life is full with good friends and family topping the list. Create an even more welcoming space for them with elegant cabinetry from Decora. Meticulously handcrafted, solid hardwood, custom milled cabinets. Whether you envision a gleaming new kitchen, impressive entry, or updated entertaining area, Decora has discriminating details at an approachable budget. And throughout August, receive free premium finishes on Kemper and Decora cabinetry at Alexander Lumber, 4340 420th Street, and at Answers by Alexander, 1534 South Gilbert Street, both in Iowa City. No matter what kind of day you're having, make it better at Mulligan's. Stop in with your friends for happy hour every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. Take a break with their lunch specials. And when Iowa gifts us with great weather, take advantage of it on their big outdoor patio. Don't miss live music at Mulligan's, too. Keep an eye on their Facebook page to see who's performing next. Mulligan's Pub, 1060 Old Marion Road Northeast in Cedar Rapids. At Mulligan's, you always get a shot at a better day. Come January of 2020, Microsoft will no longer be supporting Windows 7. If you don't upgrade, the probability is very strong to get viruses. The audits that we've been currently doing, we tell them exactly what PCs can be upgraded, what PCs may need to be replaced to know exactly where they're at in the process. Call NCS at 247-7223. Network Computer Solutions. They're the missing piece to your IT puzzle. Tune in to WagerWise Wednesdays at 6 during the Todd Brummelkamp Show with Alex Goon. It's everything you need to know about sports betting in Iowa. Presented by Elite Sportsbook at Riverside Casino and Golf Resort. And we welcome you back, the Todd Brown Camp Show with Alex Kuhn with you on a Friday from FryFest, the Coralville Riverland, the Iowa River Landing in Coralville, the site of FryFest. Once again, the trade show going until about 8 o'clock tonight. 
Stop on in. If you're looking for anything black and gold, I bet you can find it here. A big thank you to Warren Holloway for stopping by and chatting with us, the hero of the 2005 Capital One Bowl game. And a big thank you to Steve Anderson of Hawkeye Title and Settlement for his continued sponsorship of the big hour every football and basketball season on Fridays. Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com will join us. We'll get back to Rob and his thoughts on the upcoming season as well as tomorrow's game. But first, let's check back in with Kyle on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. It's your third and final big board update of the day brought to you by Alexander Lumber. It was the final night of preseason action for several Hawkeyes last night. Nick Easley had four catches for 41 yards for the Bills. Jake Gervas had three tackles and a pick for the Rams. C.J. Beathard went 6 of 9 for 58 yards for the Niners. And Jake Rudock, if you still claim him, went 22 for 29 for 229 yards and a touchdown leading the Dolphins in a victory. The Colonels lost to Quad Cities last night, 3-2, which sets up a rubber match at a Z102.9 Mug Club night at Veterans Memorial Stadium tonight before the team takes off to Beloit tomorrow. With football season now right on top of us, that means things are going to get very, very busy here on the KGYM Airwaves. Starting tonight after the show, the high school season starts in full with Cedar Rapids, Washington at Prairie on the north and main gyms, as well as Iowa City Liberty hosting City High on the south gym. And those are all going to be followed by KGYM scoreboard show on all three frequencies, helping you track all the results from around the state. And then tomorrow we'll pick up coverage of 21st-ranked Iowa State hosting UNI bright and early at 9 o'clock on the main gym. The Cyclones are currently 19-point favorites and that game kicks off at 11 o'clock. And then at 4.30 on the South and Main gyms will be KGYM's Before the Boom, previewing Iowa's matchup with Miami, Ohio, in which the Hawkeyes are 22.5-point favorites. Todd, Alex, Scott, and Mark break it down and give their predictions before kickoff at 6.30. And then as the nightcap, 11th-ranked Oregon is a 3.5-point dog against 16th-ranked Auburn. That game's at Jerry World, and you can hear it on the South and Main gyms. A tradition unlike any other during college football season. Stumpy texting his prediction for tomorrow's game. Stumpy has Iowa winning 44-17 over Miami. I think you can pretty much go ahead and book that. I said 41-10 earlier today when we were chatting about things. Uh, Rob, let's, uh, I don't know if we want to spend a whole lot of time talking about tomorrow's game because i don't know if there's a ton of of things to get into obviously it'll be their first look of the iowa offense oliver martin officially cleared to go earlier this week what does knowing that they have him at their disposal do for brian ferentz i think and and kind of thought about this when i you know when we all found out that he was cleared the other day you worry that at least from an outside perspective you know how many people around here and in the Iowa fandom followed his recruitment and just kind of, you know, was such a big letdown when he left. But it's a situation where people have known him now for several years, have kind of gotten attached to him, and it almost builds a legend up before it's been achieved on the field. He hasn't played much. It's going to take him a little while. And if you look at it, you know, Tyrone Tracy, Nico Regani have not played in a college. Well, they have played. They played, you know, with, you know, a few games last year with the new redshirt rule, but not to the point where these guys are all going to take a little bit of time to get their feet wet. That's why you're going to lean on guys like Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset. I fully expect those to be the two guys 
at the head of the class when it comes to receiver, and then those other guys will kind of fit in. And I think Oliver Martin's got a ton of talent, but let's give the kid a chance to kind of get into a groove. He's only been here, what, a couple months? Let, let him learn the offense a little bit more. He's been here a couple months and practicing for, what, three weeks? Yeah. I, it's impossible to, to learn the playbook and get everything uh, kind of memorized before the first game. So, no, I'm not going to have any time for for the complaining when he doesn't have five catches for 115 yards tomorrow against Miami. I, the first two games, I think, are going to be a dress rehearsal anyway. Miami, Rutgers. I, I don't think Miami's a good team. I don't think Rutgers is a good team. So, this will be a good opportunity to see what they have in the wide receiver position. This is an evaluation period uh, for those guys, and, and we'll see with the passing game. It could be better, but we'll see. You wrote about Nate Stanley at HawkeyeNation.com in your uh, preview of the season. Uh, I think you and I are kind of in the same boat, a little taken aback by how some of the fans seem to be approaching Nate Stanley this season. What are your expectations for him going into his final year? So it's not just me. I mean, this no, month on social media, it just seems like it's and, out of the ordinary. And that, was, were people just getting bored that they needed to pick on somebody? I think we just needed football to yeah. get here. I think that's probably what it was, and it's always the quarter. I mean, the quarterback draws a lot of the attention, so I think that's, that may have. Plus, it is Twitter. You have the more vocal aspect of the fan base maybe the vast majority of hawkeye fans are completely comfortable with nate stanley but there was a period there shortly before uh before we reached this point where a lot of people were discussing nate stanley and his shortcomings or perceived shortcomings i should say and what i wrote about in my column i think he can do this and by this i mean when you look at brad banks and drew tate and the 2014 we talked about, they won Big Ten championships. Ricky Stanzi won an Orange Bowl. Love it or leave it. You know, he's got that moment. C.J. Beathard's got 12-0, and you know, and playing injured, and he's kind of cemented his legacy. I really think that this team needs to rise above where it was last year probably win the West Division for Nate Stanley to cement his legacy. And the keys to that are him. And Kirk has said this so many times, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it. Have fun. Relax. Just because when he does it, his fundamentals, everything goes to, to heck. He, he breaks down fundamentally. He can't. He doesn't hit receivers where he needs to hit them. All of those things, if he can just relax and not be the guy that we saw in the first half at Penn State last year, he's got the skill set to be a special quarterback and to be consistently good and lead this team to a West Division title. Yeah, that's the that's the weird thing about him because you you see the, the, the ability. It's yeah. there. It's there. The, the question is, in those those moments of tough situations, that, that, that sort of – they're going to present themselves for a Big Ten quarterback. You're going to go against a Penn State. You're going to play against a Michigan, Iowa State. There are going to be more of them this year than there were last year. On the road. On the road. Can he handle those situations? Can they avoid the huge mistake like the one against Penn State with three minutes to go on Penn State's three-yard line? If he can avoid those and increases his completion percentage, this team can win some games. But then you look at the schedule. That's, that's the thing. 
there's no context for those those quarterbacks. There's no context uh, to say that, that yes, C.J. Beathard was a fantastic quarterback, had a lot of help around him, yep. had a had a manageable schedule. Everything went right that that year, and he goes down in in sort of Hawkeye lore because of that 12 and 0 season. None of that matters when talking about Nate Stanley to a lot of people. Can he win the West? Can he get this team over the top? Last year they had an opportunity. It's going to be tougher this year, but we'll see. You guys agree with that, though, right? He's got. They've got to. For this to be a successful right. Iowa season, don't you guys feel like they have to win the West Division, or it's going to be disappointing for people for the most part, just as an override or an overranging narrative. And that's tough because we look at the schedule and we're realistic. And I'm, yeah. I'm saying eight and four. Todd's saying seven I've, and five, eight I've and got, four. I've got eight and four. <sighs> but yeah, there will be some people fairly upset if they can't win the West. Yes, better better on the field, worse in the standings. It's a possibility. I mean, what's your biggest concern with this team? Mine is the schedule, especially those especially those road games. Yeah, just from a large, you know, a big picture, the schedule's just, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about it over and over, Iowa State, Michigan, at Northwestern, at Wisconsin. There's not a road game that you can look at and easily pencil a W in no. at this point. Last time they went to Northwestern, they scored 10 points. Last time they went to Wisconsin, you guys remember what happened I up there? Do 66 remember. total yards. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and we talked about Nate State. That's the thing where they're going to have to be much better than that on the road. Or that you can't win this division without winning a couple of those games, maybe three of them. And that was the problem last year. And I, I think rightfully so, people can look back and play the what if game at times with those four losses because they could, they they had an opportunity to win all of them. And those were against teams where you're competing, that you think they're you're on they're on your same level, maybe a little bit better. Some are a little worse. They were not able to win those close games against those teams. You, you, Purdue, Wisconsin, Penn State, uh, and Northwestern. So can they pull some of those games out? And if any, if this, if Hawkeye football has taught me anything, their luck in those one-score games seems to change by the year. They're either really good in one-score games or they're not so good in one-score games. And last year, it was shaky, to say the least. And, and if you look at it, 2009-2015, that's when all those close games – when you put a special season like that together, you need a lot of those breaks. And look at what happened in 2010 and 2016. Right. Close games went the other way. So if not Iowa in the West, then who? Anybody but Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one prediction we can all safely make about the Big Ten West is Lovey's boys are not going to be involved in this thing. But I think you can make a case for I, I think, and again, I, I watched Minnesota last night. I'm sure you guys did as well. Um, I don't know if how much stock I'm going to put into that because I remember 2009 with Iowa against you and I. Um, you know, that's a good South Ten-year Dakota. Ten-year anniversary today. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Did not know that. But South Dakota State's a really good FCS team, perhaps the best FCS team. We'll find out. And it was a, it was was they had Minnesota on its heels um, you know, some of those play calls were just really, the co- concepts were just, I was like, wow, that's really, really well done. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw dirt on Minnesota yet. Minnesota has an easy schedule. Nebraska has an easy schedule. 
Northwestern, Wisconsin, Iowa all have more difficult schedules. I think the schedules, and we've spent a lot of time here talking about the schedules, I think they play a huge factor in who wins this thing. They do. I want to see somebody in the West emerge. I want to see a good year out of somebody in the Big Ten West. Last year it was it was a it was a seesaw. It was a, a, a roller coaster of of somebody looking like they might come out on top and then falling back. Iowa looking like they had the upper hand, then losing some games. Purdue coming back from that 0-3 start, winning four straight, and then falling back. Can somebody play some consistent football? Because I think that there are a bunch of programs on this side of the conference that are ready to emerge will one of them emerge will it be nebraska will it be was can wisconsin bounce back from a bad season jack cone at quarterback instead of graham mertz how long does that last i think you can do that with every team though i think you can go okay here's the positive for that team but you know martinez is awesome Best quarterback in the Big Ten, if you ask me. Agreed. Nebraska's offense should be really, really good. Spielman, Washington, if he plays, probably shouldn't, but that's a whole another discussion. Um, but they'll be good offensively. But how many? How much? How much can that defense improve? Are you going to catch Purdue, Nevada tonight? After I'm, you, I'm going to try game? to doing a little bit more work for your prep sports. Uh, sorry, I saw that. Sorry, shoot, free plug. Going to go up and photos. shoot uh, City High and Liberty tonight. Some photos. We've got tonight. that game. See, it's synergy. Okay, we've got that game on 106.3 FM. But I will go home and watch a little Big Ten football too. Is it? That's at Nevada, right? That's yep. probably a late yep. game. Eight thirty. Okay. Jay Norvell, the former Hawkeye, yep. coaching the Wolf Pack now. So, a couple ties there, and I think there there's some mystery with Purdue this year i think there's sort of that team that people want to put some stock in but kind of remember how things played out at the beginning and end of last year consistency really right can any of these teams play consistent football to me it comes down to you've got purdue with an one truly explosive player in rondale moore you've got wisconsin with a truly explosive player on offense you've got nebraska with a truly explosive quarterback. Everybody thinks Adrian Martinez is going to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And then you got Iowa with probably the best player defensively in the Big Ten Agreed. in A.J. Epinesa. So all these teams have one superstar caliber player. It's a matter of coming down and to execution. Jeff Brom at Purdue, though, they brought in another a couple other four-star receivers who are freshmen yeah who was you know who iowa fans were really really wanting yeah i'm the coaches i I think purdue is sort of the similar situation that nebraska is as far as offense elijah sindelar i think they're going to be okay if he stays upright but their defense was terrible last year can they stop anybody and I, I was chatting with Scott Docterman of the Athletic at Big Ten Media Days, and one of the reasons that he gave for not picking Nebraska in the Big Ten West is it's very difficult for him and really for me too to pick a team in the Big Ten to win a division with as bad a defensive metrics as both of those two teams had. It's tough. And let's face it, I mean, we've all been around big football big 10 football for a long time you got to play at least some defense a little bit you know and Just look a little bit look how much it's done for iowa state playing defense in the big 12 i mean it sticks out like a sore thumb other than tcu i mean and maybe texas and oklahoma come back a little bit more and better are better overall defensively this year but you gotta play some defense and and i think pj fleck has got that side of the ball even you know last night apart 
they've been pretty good defensively for him. But can you get a quarterback? I mean, Tanner Morgan yeah. is just, I, you know, it's unfortunate that Onyx Stock got hurt because I, I kind of liked him a little bit. But, you know, it's just everybody's got some warts. Everybody in this division has some warts. How For me, people have asked me, you know, what is it about Iowa? And, and we've talked about him. We've watched him play in high school. I love Tyler Linderbaum. I think he's going to be really good. How is he going to handle Ray Lima week three, you know, at Iowa State. There, so there are so many aspects of this division and these teams where you're just like, here are the question marks. Who can answer their questions the most and the best? It is 6.42. We'll take a final timeout here at Fry Fest. When we come back, we'll wrap things up and maybe, just maybe, take a look at tomorrow's opener a little bit more in depth as Iowa and Miami meet at Kinnick Stadium. The Todd Brommelkamp Show with Alex Kuhn on Fridays, brought to you by Two Rivers Bank and Trust. We'll continue after this. Hear that? You're knocking on the front door of the new home you want to own. You might be close to making this big purchase, but just need a little help to get in the door. That's where the team of mortgage experts at Midwest One Bank can help. We support you so that you feel comfortable and empowered from open house to closing day. Simply put, will help you find your way home. It's empowered home ownership. It's Midwest One Bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Online sports betting is here with EliteSportsBook.com. If you are an active Riverside Casino and Golf Resort Club member, go to EliteSportsBook.com now and follow the prompts to start betting. Not a resort club member? Visit Riverside Casino to join today. Bet with Elite Sportsbook at Riverside Casino and Golf Resort or online now. More ways to get in the game with EliteSportsbook.com and Riverside Casino and Golf Resort. Must be 21. Gambling a problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. If you are drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of the special IRS tax programs that are available and will free you from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardships consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and can't afford to pay them back, or you even have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to live in fear. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline. Do not take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even go after your Social Security check. Call Community Tax today, 800-224-4083. To end your tax troubles, call now, 800-224-4083. Get a free consultation. Call 800-224-4083. That's 800-224-4083. School's back in session, which means your ride better be ready. At AutoZone, we've got the Duralast batteries you need to drive with peace of mind. They're proven tough, even in the most extreme conditions. That's because they're designed to improve performance and provide your ride with a powerful startup. And they're available only at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Visit us at AutoZone.com and start the job fast with free same-day in-store pickup. Based on data from the MPD Group Incorporated, car care track 12 months ending December 2018. Get in the zone, AutoZone. At Fidelity, we believe nothing should come between you and your money. So we're introducing zero account fees with zero minimums to open an account. All because we want you to invest with zero trade-offs. Visit fidelity.com value to learn more. 
Zero account minimums and zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Expenses charged by investments such as funds and managed accounts and for commissions, interest charges, or other expenses for transactions may still apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE, SIPC. No matter how long it's been, when you're back together, you still get that good old-fashioned feeling. Even though you've been apart, it's as though you've never left. That's right. Football season is back. Reignite your spark right here on the Cyclone Sports Network. Saturday, the Cyclones host the Northern Iowa Panthers. Coverage begins at 9 o'clock. Kickoff at 11 here on the gym, 1600 AM, KGYM. And we welcome you back in the Todd Brown Camp Show with Alex Kuhn with you on Eastern Iowa's home for ESPN Radio, 1600 AM, 106.3 FM in Iowa City, 107.5 FM in Cedar Rapids. And online at kgymradio.com. Don't forget, vote in today's poll question. How many games will the Hawkeyes win this year? It's brought to you by our friends at Emil's Hideaway. Let's give you a quick update on next week's opponent for the Hawkeyes, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, currently in action in Piscataway. They're taking on the UMass Minutemen. Somebody has a 14-0 lead in that game. And it ain't Rutgers. <laughs> the Minutemen are they? They're FC. Are they FCS or are they, they are? They are FBS. They are FBS. Okay. Not a very good FBS team, but they are FBS. Alma mater of Luke Meredith of the Associated Press, I and believe. Dr. J. And, and Dr. <laughs> J. He could probably score seven on Rutgers today. Hey, we promised you a gift card to Mulligan's Pub on Old Marion Road here in the 6 o'clock hour. Let's go ahead and give that to you right now. 319-366-1600. If you are our sixth caller tonight, you're going to take our final Mulligan's gift card off our hands. We'll be back at Mulligan's on Thursday for the next KGYM road trip driven by Linder Tire and LinderTire.com. Which game is more interesting, Iowa-Miami or (laughs) Iowa-Rutgers? I'll tell you one thing, South Dakota State's better than both of those teams. Oh, by far. Yep. By far. And there's a weather delay in Tampa right now with the Wisconsin-South Florida game. I was kind of worried about that. They may be dealing with that quite a bit this evening. Yeah, the the weather in the state of Florida altogether is unpleasant. Uh, And our thoughts Mm -hmm. are certainly with everybody there uh, let's uh quick look at the rest of the big 10 schedule just because there really isn't a whole lot of of meat on the bone with iowa and miami tomorrow i not only am i intrigued by purdue and nevada tonight but stanford northwestern tomorrow i think is going to be a, a pretty good indicator of what pat fitzgerald and the wildcats have usually doesn't work out well when big 10 teams go west no, and Stanford obviously it's a it's a tough place to play, and it's you kind of can look at this game and say, oh, they're paying, playing a Pac-12 team, they may have a physical advantage, you know, it's a you know from a schematic standpoint, it's a wide open team as opposed to you know more of what Northwestern is used to in the Big Ten. Stanford's big, strong, physical, going to go right at them. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people look at Stanford and say last year they had just uncharacteristically a Stanford team with a bad offensive line and a bad defense. Yeah. My response to that is, do you think David Shaw is going to let that happen two years in a row? No. Northwestern, out of conference, early on the season, 
They new, do not play well. New quarterback on the road. That seems to kind of be a theme. I'm pretty sure Daniel Jones became the sixth overall pick because of Northwestern for two years. <laughs> Just dominated. And Northwestern's not good yet, right? they got to wait till they get to the Big Ten. Yes. Then they're really good. Exactly. Well, we could get a preview of Iowa's Week 4 opponent tomorrow, too. Middle Tennessee State will be in Ann Arbor taking on the Michigan Wolverines. Other than that, really not a great slate of games. Florida Atlantic at Ohio State. Nebraska opens at home against South Alabama. We talked to Chuck Long earlier today. He's in College Park. Maryland has Howard. Akron's at Illinois, Indiana, and Ball State play, and Idaho and Penn State. That's uh, Big not Ten. A, it's not a great slate of games in Week One. Actually, there's more there's more interesting games tonight than there are tomorrow in the Big Ten. Big Ten's starting to look, I think, at what the SEC is doing. They're like, yeah, let's get Howard on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Some of the schools the SEC plays during that those weeks where those late season weeks. So the Big Ten's got to got to kind of keep up with those guys. You know, two years in a row not making the playoff. This is really a big year for this conference, guys. They've got to get back, and we'll see. I mean, who's the team? Who's the team this year that gets in that playoff from the Big Ten? Yeah, I thought the West last year was a little down. The East was, too. Yeah. The East didn't have a great year. It's not a great year as a whole for the Big Ten last year. And you look, how much better is Michigan State going to be this year? You know, can they figure it out on offense? Penn State's certainly going to take a step back on offense without Sanders and McSorley. I mean, they'll, they'll be good on defense again. It's Penn State. They're loaded with, real, you know, with talent, but... It's a ride on Michigan and Michigan and Ohio State again, and, and there's the unknown of Ryan Day, and can Harbaugh win the big game? A lot of people are saying that this is Michigan's year. We're actually talking with John U. Bacon next week who wrote a book, a brand-new book out about Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. I think he's with us on Thursday's program. Michigan State, by the way, one of those teams that's playing right now on FS1. They've got the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes doing a little bit better with Tulsa than Rutgers is with UMass. Purdue and Nevada, 8.30 tonight on CBS Sportsnet. And Wisconsin-USF, that was supposed to get underway at 6 o'clock on ESPN. They are in a weather delay in Tampa in that contest. Uh, Sounds like there's some lightning and probably some issues associated with the hurricane that's headed toward florida so rutgers is on the board rutgers is on the board rutgers chris ash is (laughs) is safe at least uh, for now until that game is over anyway uh real quick rob about a minute on iowa and miami what do you think kirk ferentz and his staff are looking to get out of this game tomorrow healthy (laughs) <laughs> they want to get out of it healthy. Um, I think we've talked about this and heard a lot of the stories written and, and ri- written and talked about this a lot this offseason. Get the running game going. They, they want to establish the running game in these first two weeks. Get that going underway. Establish that and then build off of that. That's Iowa's offense. Warren talked about it at the top of the show. Iowa needs to run the ball and then work off of that. And I think they will. I, I think Miami uh, against the run is is very susceptible to a Big Ten team. They're not very big. They're not very strong. They're going to be giving up a lot of, of size. So Iowa get the run game going. Let's see, let's see what some of these receivers have. Why not? 
Rob, great to have you back with us for another football season. Every Friday, the 6 o'clock hour, brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement. We will see you tomorrow at Kinnick Stadium. Wrapping up here from another successful broadcast from FryFest. And we have more local programming coming your way tonight. A pair of high school football games. One from Cedar Rapids Prairie on 1600 AM and 107.5 FM about to commence. And our South Gym broadcast, 106.3 FM, Iowa City Liberty and Iowa City High. Miles Potts making his broadcast debut on KGYM. Both of those games coming your way in just a few minutes. That'll do it for us. A Friday wrapping up. A big thank you to our presenting sponsor, Two Rivers Bank and Trust. Two Rivers Bank and Trust member FDIC. Before the boom... Previews Iowa and Miami tomorrow on our FM frequencies at 4.30. If you are drowning in IRS debt and